another world, another time, in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone! Dea, Tea, Dara, Tea. Your vital essence, the Dark Crystal. Kida, Kida. Come, come, see for yourself. Aru, Garu. How very interesting. Dea, Tea. I feel the song of Thra in my heart. Now go, you heroes of Thra. Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. And um, on this episode, we're doing things a bit differently. Uh, I think we previously talked about this in previous episodes, um, but we're sort of going to go into um, character discussions uh, from, you know, characters from the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance and um what better off to start off with with the character of rian this off the show of course and of course with me is my uh, co-host sydney so sydney how have you been going not too bad it's a a nice rainy spring day out here in california um ready to take a trip to thra uh, that sounds pretty good yeah i mean for me <laughs> here it's sort of I mean, the thing with Melbourne is the weather is always, um, it can be a bit unpredictable sometimes. Sometimes it'll just rain or hail or shine. Um, so, but at the moment, it's, it's not too bad. I think it seems um, pretty cloudy outside, so, no, which is really good. So, this episode, yeah, like I said before, you know, we're going to talk about Rian, the character. And um, I don't know, I, I think probably the first thing to start off with Rian, I think, with his character is, you know, back when Jim Henson Company were trying to develop the show, for um, Age of Resistance when it was in that sort of animation, 2D animation sort of stage. And um, Rian was really one of the very earliest characters, I believe, you know, that was created for the show. And, and, and even more so, I think, um, like with the with the books as well, um, that uh, with Joe's books, um, you know, before it became, you know, a, what it is with Age of Resistance, that we did get, you know, Rian definitely had a big part in the books as well. Yeah, I also think it's interesting um, if you if you look at a lot of the early puppet designs from uh, Wendy Froud when she's going through the different Gelfling designs in the like the World of the Dark Crystal book, um, you can find a lot of like design similarities as well. I know a lot of people bring up how Deet is kind of named after one of the early character designs for Kira, how she was called Deet. Um, I feel like early designs for Jen if you look at them now, you can, you can see sort of shadows of, of Rian in there as well. Um, which I know feeds into a lot of fan theories about, um, Jen and Rian being related, you know, and that's, <laughs> that remains to be seen. But, uh, I, I do think that Rian is one of the, the examples in Age of Resistance of the Gelfling puppets just really, um, resembling like staying true to the original design and they really didn't diverge very much at all from from Froud's original view of what the Gelfling should look like and and it definitely uh, goes without saying that he resembles Jen a lot which of course makes the fans go nuts oh yes yeah I remember I, I think you know back when they um, announced like the the three images of you know here are all the characters and and seeing the image of Rian, 
yeah, I mean, like I was sort of like, oh wow, you know, he very resem- you know, closely resembles Jen. Like, it's sort of almost like you know, if if they had they made the Dark Crystal, you know, today, that's probably what Jen would probably look like in, in that way. So no, which is really cool, and especially I know a lot of people like you know with Deet and how yeah, there was a bit of that Kira like. I mean, also with the name, but sort of a bit of a look. I mean, sort of the clash between her and, and Bria sort of had a very Kira vibe um, to them. So, no, which was really cool. Yeah, it, it showed us like, oh, this is our hero character. For those of us who were already fans of the movie, it was very familiar. It was like, ah, we, we know who this guy is because he reminds us of someone else we know. And, I mean, Rian is definitely like um, one of my favorite characters from the show. And I think he, he's also your, your favorite character, right? Uh, I have yet to pick a favorite Gelfling. I go back and forth so often. I, I love them so much. Um, and, and depending on what episode I'm watching, um, if I'm reading the novels, then Annika is my favorite. If I'm watching the show, it just really depends on what episode I'm watching because sometimes I'll be like, oh man, I love Brea. And then after talking to Alice Deneen, I'm like, you know what? No, it's Team Brea all the way. But this past week, like delving into Rian and then working on that uh, Rian fan art, I, just, I have rekindled my appreciation for, for him. But I will say, uh, I think Rian is the character that has the most fangirls of all, mm, oh, all yeah. of the, the fans. Um, he's got sort of like a K-pop following. <laughs> like, yeah. he's, he's sort of like the, the boy band member of the Gelfling cast because, man, does man are there fangirls in, in, the, uh, in the groups. <laughs> like yeah, to voice yeah. their opinions about like heart eyes for Rian and... <laughs> yeah totally yeah yeah i mean I, I mean i love that it's it's all like sort of good fun and um just imagine a boy band you know featuring rian gurgin and kylan we just need uh <laughs> hang on wait 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 wait, wait you wait, are my yeah. fire <laughs> but i'm just i'm just uh, so we got three <laughs> so we got we just need two two more to be a because you need at least five for a boy band i so. mean okay freckles uh, freckles should i be number four freckles would be amazing he'd be like and then number four the thoughtful one. I want Omri to be mm. a member of it, but he's not in the show. Ooh. But he'd be like the dark. Let's, let's put him in there. He's the edgy let's, let's, one. Yeah. You know, the one that has yeah. piercings and tattoos. Like, that's Omri. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, they sing about how you are my fire of resistance. Yeah. <laughs> Something along those lines. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that'd be kind of, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> you know, in, in the world of Thra, there is this boy band you know featuring these you know heroes heroes of thra i think um yeah that, that would be so fun and I, I think you know sort of going through like with ran um as we're sort of discussing about this character and of course um probably the interesting thing like i mean w- with the character is um we, we sort of got to learn a little bit of this in the age of resistance uh comics and so when i think there was this the comics of course with Auden and um, with the first battle of stone in the wood and um you know he gets the jewel glaive to you know um mm-hmm. with a with you know, baby baby Farah. W- yeah yeah w- yeah w- yeah with baby Farah. uh and um and i think there was a little end where um i think you know they sort of reveal that um uh, shoni um Auden's, um well you know sort of wife at, or sort of girlfriend or i don't know something like that um <laughs> um that How she was girlfriend um, marriages work Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. And um, they'll, you know, reveal that she's pregnant and they was trying to come up with a name. And um, and I think Auden, I think I think Auden came with the name um, Rian, 
which apparently was like an old Gelfling word, meaning um, a little solution to a big problem. Yeah. Um, oh, that, actually, sorry, I'll just go back. So it was chosen by his mother in reference to Auden's need to settle down and adapt to life outside battle. Yeah, um, there is that sort of back and forth that they have in the comics where yes, he's yeah. grappling with that desire to go out and save the world and then his need to stay home and have a family and um, choosing between those two sides of himself and and Rian is the little solution to that problem. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly, yeah. So, and, and I mean, you know, that that is pretty much true in that case, you know, many, many years later... Um, with um you know with ran you know being well being sort of the first witness to um to seeing um uh mira being drained sort of described as his lover or you know you know his girlfriend or um that sort of thing so um and i know that was a big thing like with the show how um i think very early on how rian you know that he lost his love you know with mira and how things sort of transition over, you know, to his interest um, in DEET. I know that was one thing that, you know, people were like, oh, well, you know, that happened pretty quick sort of thing. Um, and then all the, all the fangirls got their feathers ruffled. They get getting jelly. <laughs> oh, no. Getting jelly of DEET. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a sibling relationship. He doesn't love DEET. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rare. But <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where, like, you know, watching the show quite a few times. And, I mean, you know, it, it never, like, like the thought of it never occurred to me. I mean, the first couple of times just being stunned with the show, but when it came to second or third time, it, it, you know, wasn't like, I didn't think, because I mean, I guess the thing with, you know, with the show is probably the good thing that they didn't do is they didn't describe, they didn't put time into the show. Like, Oh, it's been a, you know, it's been a week or it's been a month or, or it's been a couple of days since the, the events of, you know, of the time spanning bet- with the, the whole season of the show um so it's like i mean you could imagine that oh well maybe that you know maybe it took him a month you know to to travel to places here and there yeah it it really kind of is open for interpretation as of yet as far as exactly how much time went by during those 10 episodes you know what was the real time in in thra was you know it could have been you know it to me i watching it a couple of times it felt realistically like that was like the span of a year um over time I, I feel like that's not um too crazy an assumption to to jump to or i guess a, a trine not a not yeah a trine yeah it, it i think like I, I think the trine would probably be um i reckon that would be the maximum yeah um for sure um, but i i definitely don't think it was like two days you know? No, no. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know that sort of because I think when you introduce time, it just doesn't work sometimes. Like with other franchises, I think we've sort of seen evidence of you know some other films that use you know oh we only have um, seventeen hours or eighteen hours you know and um, and it's like well you know how were they able to pull it all off you know such a short amount of time you know, without any sleep or, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah, like, obviously, they're not going to show us every time they take a nap. You know, that's that doesn't make for good content. Um, <laughs> but also, it is still kind of up for debate what the lifespan of a Gelfling is in the first place. You know, that there's been a lot of back and forthing in the Dark Crystal uh, fandom about how much time goes by in 
the film and you know how old are Jen and Kira how long do Gelfling live what's a typical lifespan or you know do they live the same amount of time as you know a human comparably or do they live longer like like elves you know so to them you know can we compare a trine to a year you know human time at all so really and then when you open up the possibility of like well what about Gelfling culture like maybe it's not that weird for a Gelfling to develop an emotional bond over the span of, you know, a year or less between, you know, relationships and things like that. You know, what's what's a cultural norm for Gelflings? There's there's still so much that's up for debate there. So I don't know. I feel like in a lot of cases, it's not really fair of us to say to, to put our human lens on the, the rules of, you know, oh, how dare he start to have feelings for somebody else after, you know, because that's a that's sort of a human rule that we're inflicting on (laughs) on him there and and not to say that that doesn't make sense of course we see everything through our experience but I don't know for one thing there's just there's too much we don't know yet it's such an open world that there's so much to explore and honestly that's part of what makes the dark crystal um world and the world of Thra in general such a great world to dive into and theorize about because it's not all so explicitly explained there's so much that can be theorized about and and all the pictures and charts that we can put up on our cork board and (laughs) point to things and well this says this and this says that it's just oh it's it's that's what we do in this community is we explore the possibilities so yeah it might have been a fast turnaround for Rian to fall in love with with Deet if that's the case but also maybe not maybe not for a Gelfling yeah, I know. I mean, we don't know how the world of Thra works, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that's the thing, I guess. Like, you know, you can't put human logic or, you know, our own real real world experience, you know, life experiences or real world sort of scenarios into into Thra. But I mean, you know, it does happen in real life anyways, you know, that people like, yeah, for you know, when people, when they, you know, break up and, you know, they might move on with someone, you know, pretty the soon after. The heart wants what it wants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what he was feeling and, you know, he was feeling for deep, so I'm, Philip yeah. and I don't judge you, Rian. We don't judge <laughs> no, you, Rian. No. You you do you, boo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a lot of fun. Like you know, just because we say, oh, we well, we think it's this way, you know, it doesn't mean that you know it, we we can all have our own sort of interpretations and just our own fun with it, which is the important thing with fandom. You know, just just to have fun um, with it all so yeah so of course you know just so sort of going you know with his character so yeah he, he did grow up to be a guard in the castle of the crystal um serving the skexies um you know with yeah oh yeah with, with gurgen yeah so and, and yeah of course with with mira and then um and of course um when he noticed our the Arathum in the castle however he he decided to prove himself by um to orden you know by capturing it um which was that was sort of a fun thing when um when he goes to see his father and his father's like, you know, we need to, you know, I'm going to leave and, you know, I needed some leader to take over sort of thing. And, and that's why I've got, um, uh, Tolbin <laughs> to, oh, to take over. Tough love. I know. I know. And so, yeah. And that's why he's like, you know, wants to, you know, he's going to tell me about spider, but he was like, nah, you know, I'm going to tackle this on my own sort of thing. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a huge part of, of Rian's lesson as a, as a hero, you know, is he has to learn that being a hero doesn't mean necessarily doing the big scary thing by yourself, 
you know that doesn't mean going off on your own and and doing things alone it's um being a hero means knowing when to stand with somebody beside you or to take arms together and you know being headstrong and going after the Arathim on your own can get you into trouble, kid. Yeah, yep, yeah. So I guess it's probably, you know, a lesson, you know, to sort of let people know of, you know, these scenarios. Um, I mean, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if Rian um, told Auden, told his father that, yeah, the Arathim are out and about. But I feel like what would happen, I think Tolbin would probably... I think he would still leave, but then Tolbin would probably like take over, you know, and and have all the Galfling, you know, going going out to um find these Arathim all together. So, which means you know whether and, and that's the thing, it's like whether it lands them all, you know, whether you know if if it all landed them in the catacomb, catacombs and then end up being trained by the Skeksis. Um, so oh, man. yeah, yeah. What a weird alternate universe that would be. I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also possible that Orden wouldn't have really uh, taken it seriously. Like, okay, there's a Rathom in the castle. Well, we got more important things to worry about, kid. Like, fine, go go get the spider. We're still going out and doing this thing. Matters more. Like, I'm not going to be bothered with a, with a spider. That's a kid problem. Go deal with that. Like, <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, he had to take the Skeksis to... um to hurrah for the tithing ceremony so i think that's that's probably a much um higher priority than some spiders and it does seem like he doesn't really take rian seriously in general at that point you know what i mean like he's because he's kind of again he's got that tough love relationship with him so he he kind of has that ah dang kid yeah sure okay i'm sure it's a bigger rathom in the castle okay Rian. yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, and, and I mean, that's the thing that sort of leads to, um, you know, with Skektek, um, you know, when they're going down the catacombs and, um, and Mira ends up getting caught by Skektek and so he gets drained and then, I mean, that's probably the next big moments like with Ren is sort of being the first one to witness the death of a Galfling at the hands of the Skeksis, just the emotion that's, you know, running through him. Ugh, nothing shapes a hero like loss and guilt. Like, a fictional hero is usually made when somebody important to them is taken away, and then that's added even... It's it's amplified when the character feels responsible, and I definitely think Rian deals with that feeling of, oh, if I hadn't taken Mira to go off on this, you know, wild Arathim chase, this never would have happened, but... Of course, we know the the uh, Skeksis were gonna they were gonna drain everybody no matter what. Like it didn't matter. It wasn't Rian's fault, but obviously Rian in that mindset at the time is dealing with that. Like this is my fault. Um, so of course he takes up the responsibility of like I have to fix this problem because if it weren't for me, this wouldn't have happened. And so I mean, from that part, like he does attempt to sort of run away, you know, out of the castle of the crystal, but sort of having trouble getting getting out so he sort of ends up um getting Gurgen to sort of help um help his escape essentially and then of course you know Rian and he dream fast with Gurgen and Gurgen you know sees the truth and sort of decides to help him out I did think it was cool that that was a moment that was it played exactly like in the uh shadows of the dark crystal like when you know there are a lot of things in the jam novels that diverge from how age of resistance shows things but 
there are a few little moments in there where um, when I was watching the show, I thought, oh, I read that. That happened. It was just like that. And I think that little interaction with Rian and Gurjan where they dream fast and he shows Gurjan what happened and Gurjan immediately is on his team. Um, it was ju- it was just like how, except we heard it from, from Gurjan's perspective, I think, in the novel. Gurjan was sort of recounting what happened. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was cool to see that play out so similarly. I mean, with Jaro, he did write the second episode uh, of Age of Resistance. So it was kind of a, a bit of a cool synergy, um, you know, between the books and the um, and the show. Um, and sort of thinking about, with you know, with Mira being drained, I like, I, I don't know if, I was just trying to think um, how Rian saw it, whether he saw it for a crack in the wall, I think in the books, or whether he did see it like from the top. Um, yeah, I don't think... In the novel, it goes into precisely where he's watching from. I think he's just talking about his perspective of it and, like, what it was like for him to see it. But I don't think that whole moment where he's above them and, like, the teardrops and that was how they, they see him. I don't recall if that was specifically what happened in, in Shadows. I could be wrong. I might need to go back and reread that. But um, from what I recall, I feel like the whole, like, he's in the ceiling and, and he sheds a tear and that was what alerts the Skeksis to him being there I feel like that was a very cinematic moment yes yeah yeah it was such a yeah it was such a shocking moment and um yeah just just full of emotion yeah with that scene so um yeah so luckily you know he was able to escape the castle of the crystal and also able to grab uh, Mira's essence like uh, as proof so that was and that, that was actually a pretty cool you know little moment where was you know him and them two are hiding underneath and and you've got Skektek and Skeksil, they're sort of, you know, <laughs> squabbling about and and that sort of becomes a distraction that they're able to sort of run out with the essence and um, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was that was pretty neat. I will say something that's that I think was interesting too is that Rian is kind of the first Gelfling that the Skeksis really address by name. I think for the most part they kind of see the Gelfling as all the same. They're all vermin. They're all pets. They're all just like, yeah, whatever. You're the captain one. You're the guard. Blah, blah. Do your job. But Rian was the first one to stand up to them. And so he's the one that's like, he gets a name. He's the one that they all know by name. And and through their loss and their misery and their um, loss of power through a Gelfling standing up to them, they in turn are then kind of doing what the Gelfling are seeking in the first place, which is to be recognized as as people and not just as things, as objects. You know, the, the Skeksis really objectify the Gelfling. They see them as not individuals, but they're just Gelfling. All of them are one, you know, they're like rats to them. <laughs> and, yeah, 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 um, exactly. But yeah, then yeah. Rian I, I, stands I, I, up yeah. and that's Rian. yeah. And uh, like I know there was like moments within the show where they're just like you know who's this princess you know mm-hmm. which one is this yeah which one's this yeah <laughs> uh, this I one know. reads what, that's what? exciting there's a, there's a new old Moldra like <laughs> um so yeah I think that's definitely yeah, the case with, with that yeah and so I mean of course like he ends up going to stone in the wood and um try and plead his case with Moldra Farah which I know a lot of people you know we would I think. There's been a lot of talk about with um with I think the you know the room that 
Rian, you know, meets up with Mordra Ferrer is, um, I think, pretty much closely resembles to um, what we see in the Gelfling ruins from age from the Dark Crystal. So now, which is a pretty pretty neat sort of connections. There's sort of little things you can tell. That little throne that Kira sits on in ruins, but it looks an awful lot like the throne that we see Mordra Ferrer sit on. So, yeah, very cool, especially if it does turn out that either Jen or Kira is a descendant of um, somebody from Stone in the Wood, like whether whether that be Rian or somebody else, you know, um, it's a cool little full circle of they're getting in touch with their with their origins. And, and so, of course, you know, his father sort of comes into play and sort of, you know, his father comes and says, you know, come with me back to Castle the Crystal and let's, you know, try and work this out together. And Rian's like, no, 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 you know. And they think he's sick, you know, they believe the Chamberlain's whispers that he's, he's gone mad or he has some sickness of the brain and no, no, don't dream fast with him. Cause that's how you'll catch the crazy. You'll start saying crazy stuff too, if you dream fast with him, so don't do it. And I think, I don't think it's so much that Orden believes the Chamberlain over his own son. I think to him, it's just through his eyes of, you know, not understanding the gravity of what's happened it's easy for him to believe that a horrible sickness could grab my son's mind, you know, and I'm just worried for him, you know, I'm going to try to help him. So like, you know, a lot of people go like, ah, Orden's such a jerk. What a horrible father in that moment. Like, well, I think if you put yourself in his shoes for a minute, you know, he's been conditioned his whole life to believe something. He hasn't seen what Rian's seen and his perspective is just oh my son's really sick and he's he's acting weird I should I want to take care of him like he does he loves Rian and he wants to help him he doesn't want him to be sick but he just hasn't seen the truth yet man no no and which I mean he, he doesn't until you know when Rian sort of makes his escape and I still remember that shot of you know uh when he swing when Rian swings up to escape from that trailer uh, just being blown away by that shot. Um, How cool is that that still watching that trailer now is still just as exciting, even though we've seen the whole show and we've seen the whole show. We know the context of all the moments. It's still like powerful to watch just that trailer and the way that it's edited and the way those moments of those characters are cut together was just it's, it's such a good trailer, man. Like it still gets me hyped, even though I've seen the show like four times now had to like side note for that awesome trailer because that moment with him uh with rian swinging on the chandelier the chandelier yeah I know. <laughs> um it's like it's such an iconic moment for the whole show and it's just it's so awesome yeah it, it really is um no they did i think they did a pretty good job like with marketing the show um like with, with those trailers i think they did a pretty good job um, especially with the the music, um, the trailer music sort of had that eighties vibe as well. So trying to, you know, push in that a little bit. So I thought that was, that was a pretty neat thing. And shout out to Neil Sterenberg too, because like the, that puppetry and the way that he moved with Rian to look like a, a real person, you know, and there were, there were so many things in the original dark crystal where there was a, a person in a Gelfling costume for a lot of those full body shots, you know, which, which of course was effective. It, you know, worked just fine. But the fact that they were able to give us actual full body puppets at this point and the way that the, the CGI was integrated with the puppetry, I think was so well done 
that it, it was pretty seamless. And Rian in particular, I think, is an example of how well this was done because not only do we see him swinging from the chandelier um, like Sia, but we also see him swimming and and running. He's he's I think the first Gelfling that we see doing like running, jumping, swinging, climbing, swimming, all of those things. And it's just like, whoa, whoa. Rian's the one that is introducing us to, oh, this is how Gelflings are now. Gelflings are agile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially like, yeah, just seeing those shots of, you know, them running. It's just, it just adds that, um, you know, that suspension of disbelief even more and sort of mixing that with, with CGI, with some wide shots um, with them running. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's really yeah. good, really good. And climbing on the Skekmobile and, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm still calling it the Skekmobile Skekmobile, forever. yeah. I don't care See, that well, that's cause not what it's called, but. No, no. I mean, I mean, the only name it has is, it's just called a carriage. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, you it's just a carriage. You give that thing a cool name. The carriage has got armalegs, but come on, let's be real. It's the Skekmobile. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And why is there not a Hot Wheels or a, like at least a Matchbox car, car I know, I know. of the Skekmobile? Like, missing who's out. not going to buy that? Missing out on the license. Ugh. No, a Lego ugh. set? Give me a Lego set, maybe. Yeah, anything. And, and, and Come on. I know, I know. I wanted some like some plush toys. I wanted, I wanted to pluff them. Uh, I know a yeah. lot of lot of lot of missed opportunities. But I mean, uh, it, it's been pretty cool at least. Um, the weather the weather workshop they've been doing those. Um, oh man, figurines for the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, and boy, they look so damn good <laughs> and real. I'm excited to see those things in person because, like, I'm much too California broke to buy those things anytime soon. However, Weta does usually have a really good display at the conventions um, out here. So, like, WonderCon and Comic-Con both have a, usually have a really good spread from Weta, and I always make a point to stop by. And I'm really excited this year that they're probably going to have all those Dark Crystal figures, and I just... I'm so stoked to see that deep. I know we're talking about Rian right now, but that deep figure is blowing my mind. And those wings and that face. She's so precious and beautiful. I want to see it. I'm, ugh. I'm really excited to see those figures in real life. But but yeah, as far as Dark Crystal collectibles go, um, for the most part, they went the bougie route. A lot of a lot of fancy schmancy stuff. With the exception of the, the little um, the Funko Pops which, you know, were a cool addition because those are very popular and I see them everywhere. I will say, like, even though, yeah, we're spoiled brats and we want Lego sets and we want Matchbox cars and we want everything, um, what we did get, <laughs> I am grateful, though, because I, I still, when I go to Target or GameStop, I still see the Age of Resistance figures and they're not, like, on discount yet either. They're still just, like, out with the other ones. They're not, like, you know, trying to get rid of them or whatever. They're just, they're pretty easily accessible and they're not like, you don't have to go hunting for them out here. Like, I I think I can easily find a Chamberlain and a Rian and a Hup at least every time I go to Target out here. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. really cool to see. It, it, it really is, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't been to any toy stores for a while, so I haven't really... But I mean, I think with Dark Crystal merch, um, they're usually only sold like at specialty sort of shops, um, like pop culture shops, so... I mean, the the pop vinyls you're always gonna see. Um, uh, I actually I actually end up seeing the Wonder and the Heretic a lot. A lot the um, oh yeah the the collector's edition ones. Um, but I don't really see many of the other characters. I'm, I'll probably see some mirrors here and maybe a Rian every now and then. 
Yeah, um, Target and GameStop out here in the States. I don't know if GameStop is a thing in other countries or not. I'm very yeah, closed so, off in my American yeah, GameStop ways, for <laughs> us, it, GameStop for us is EB Games. Um, and um, and and the, they also do a pop culture shop called uh, Zing, um, which, I mean, that, that's probably pretty much GameStop in a way that GameStop, they do video games and, and pop culture stuff. So... Um, yeah, in Australia, they're sort of split up into like two stores, essentially. I mean, I mean, EB Games, they do sell a lot of pop, pop vinyl stuff and, and some pop culture stuff, but they had their own sort of their own pop culture um, shop as well. So, um, yeah. And those other smaller action figures as well, too. Um, who makes those ones? They're I'm trying to think because I have I have them. I have a couple, but I don't want to like go out into my living room and find them. But the. So forgive me, uh, action figure company out there, whoever made them, you, you're awesome. Because I'm, I'm inclined to say like NECA or something, but I, I know it wasn't. But the the awesome little action figures that are like movable and they, um, they're they actually pretty affordable too. But they, there's a DEET one, there's a there's a HUP one, and there's a um, the Hunter. And the Hunter's actually really good. That was the first one I got. And um, <clears throat> I, I had to take him out like – I was I was gonna leave them in their cases and display them that way, but I had to play with the hunter. Like, I love that they made dark crystal toys that you want to play with, and the hunter. Oh, I can't wait till we talk about the hunter because um, he's like such an amazing character for the franchise and such a good villain for for Rian. In yeah. contrast, oh definitely. Um, yeah. But he's also such a cool action figure. <laughs> like, <laughs> I the minute you you see the hunter you think like oh i want to that's a cool like toy it's gonna want to mess with him take his mask off and mess with all his swords and ugh. yeah totally with those um i think talk about the reaction figures and um, yeah and and i think like and i have seen like some people that have actually made like custom design versions where it's like you know they'll, they'll take the figure but then they'll like modify it a little bit i think with a different mm-hmm. paint and all that oh, kind of stuff so paint it's like jobs yeah. people have done yeah. people love to do paint jobs on the uh on the funko pop figures mm. because they they are like yeah they're cool but they have a very like specific stylized look with like the black eyes and the sort of yeah. muted colors but a lot of people want it especially on the chamberlain wanted to do like repaints on him to look more realistic and more vibrant and have like those more um detailed eyes and so yeah props to anybody out there oh, yeah. who's doing that because they're making bank yeah, it looks totally, awesome yeah and so i think we'll you know we'll go back to talking about all things all things rian um, yeah, why are we here? <laughs> so I, I know, I know, and and so that, that that was a cool thing about um well really the next part of his journey was um uh, I mean of course you know he gets his first encounter with Deet as he's you know trying to start a fire and and Deet sort of comes along to helps him out and and he's kind of a jerk he's he's mean he's mad in that moment he's bitter he's like everybody hates me yeah no, um, just, which is cool because it's kind of when we meet him in shadows of the dark crystal that's kind of the same tone he has he's in that bitter like ugh, emo kid like everybody's mad at me i'm bitter i've nobody believes me everybody thinks i'm crazy i'm mad he's a mad boy and that's when deep meets him so it's not like a silly fairy tale like oh love at first sight like she meets him and they fall in love like nah she meets him and she's just she'd be a nice yeah and he's all grumpy mr grumpy gills yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah so i mean they do have you know they do chat for a little bit and and um then riverend saying you know that people think that he's a monster and that sort of sort of sparks the idea within deet of you know trying to rescue hop 
um, as we see in that next episode when she disguises as a monster. Um, um, so that that was that, that was kind of a neat thing. Um, so yeah, you know, a very brief moment, but I mean, they they do see each other, you know, later on in episode five. But I mean, really, I mean, so from there, like the big thing is really that the whole thing at the um, the Podling Village, which I mean, he really just goes there just to chill out and just to hide. You know, I don't think he's you know just getting. He doesn't away. really have a plan at this point. No, no. So you know, he's just he's just gonna go there and he's gonna chill. Probably could have had a few drinks, or you know. <laughs> yeah, probably gonna get hit on by by uh kira's mom partly. oh yes yeah 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 lady <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, how are you doing yeah and uh, <laughs> uh and um but then of course you know we got the the, the characters um uh, naya and, and kyle and they sort of come in and you know get him and but then also tavra's there and so it's like almost everyone's there uh ganging up on 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 poor little Rian. But of course, you know, that's when we sort of get that sort of the first sort of group group um, dream fast, which, you know, ends up being a dream stitch for him to sort of spread the truth. And and Kylan was the first one. He's like, you know, I'm going to take this risk. You know, people might be like, you're, you're sick, but I'm going to listen out to you. Which is pretty much in character for Kylan in, in comparison to the books as well. Kylan is a, a squishy boy. <laughs> he has <Yeah. laughs> warm, fuzzy heart. Um, so... That made me happy to see that. And then the dream stitching as well, because in the novels, that is sort of Kylan's discovery is that he can dream stitch. And so um, that was really cool to see that connection there. And and then, of course, as their group dream fasting, who is it that's there listening unbeknownst to Rian? Dun, dun, dun. It's his dad. Yeah. Yes, of course. I know. I, I, I know that's been a lot of talk, actually, with people, Um, you know, sort of like he, he comes in to dream fast, you know, sort of. He just he just joins in, whether it's like you need a permission to dream fast or whether you know. But I'm like, well, I mean, he you know, it's his father, you know, that's the Honestly, family. Even so, if yeah. he doesn't <laughs> see the dream fast, the fact that he sees them dream fasting, like I kind of interpreted it as like he was moved by seeing them together. Like even if he didn't necessarily dive into the dream fast itself and he says he's he heard everything so like obviously he he sees everything but i think it's implied that even if he hadn't seen the actual images he was so moved by the fact that his son was inspiring all these other gelfling it it's not yeah. a sickness he's no. not he's not sick like he's actually and, like inspiring them with something real yeah and and, and like you you see the emotions just running down like all the gelflings faces They're like you know with tears and crying and just uh, I think, you know, seeing that is probably enough that, okay, you know, something is, something They're is really sick. happening. Yeah. Yeah. They got I, the feels. Yeah. And it's real. Yeah. When they cry, man. Oh, they're so human. I mean, not human. They're, they're Gelfling, but I mean, there's, they're human enough that we connect with them and, and, um, there's, they're just, they're so real. And the, the fact that they added that touch of them all like, and they're not, it looks like real crying too. Like it looks like genuine emotion. It doesn't just look like they, you know, hit the Gelfling's faces with a squirt bottle. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it looked legit. And it was such a nice touch. I feel like Rian has a very emotional face in particular too. Um, the way that that puppet was crafted in conjunction <laughs> with the way that Neil, um, the, the, the craft of puppetry that, that Neil Sternberg um it's just 
the way he moves him and the the way that the face moves and then the artistry of the way that um I think Rian's eyes because again I was been working on a, a a drawing of Rian um and his eyes are so detailed like the the actual iris and the pupils and the the way that his eyes are painted are very very intricately detailed um especially in comparison to Jen and Kira and no shade on Jen and Kira puppets at all they're amazing but if you were to just look at the uh the eyeball mechanism mm. <laughs> of oh, the yeah, puppet yeah. um the way that Rian's eyes are painted is so highly detailed to the point of just hyper realism and so many different colors it's almost like duochrome there's so much going on in there <sighs> yeah, yeah i'm an art I- nerd <laughs> no, I mean, I mean that that's a big thing. Um, <clears throat> like I remember, like very early when I was reading the um the Jim Henson biography um by Brian J Jones, and I think it did mention that like really one of the big things with puppetry, the biggest selling point is always the eyes. Like if you if you can't get the eyes right, like it, it's hard to get people to believe in the characters, you know, or in the the puppet, for example. And um and I think like they did a pretty good job, like selling pretty much every character and based on the eyes alone i mean you know that's definitely evident with rian and um especially with um brayar and 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 deed and they you know all had sort of different um scenarios of how with the eyes i think like i think for example with um rian with his eyes they were controlled i think remote remote controlled um brayar was uh, controlled by the puppeteer with with the with the wee um, nunchuck, the little wee emote, and and the yeah. you know because it was like the the wee nunchuck control I think, and um and of course Deet um her eyes were pretty much all had to be manipulated like with CGI in in post production with, with the blinking and and the um the eye movements there so yeah which was also really well done considering that her eyes are almost entirely black, um because that could be really hard to pull off a genuine emotion in eyes that have no real detail in them color wise because a big contrast from Rian because Deet's eyes are basically the emotion comes through the movement and the animation whereas with Rian the emotion comes through starting right away from just the way he's painted the the, the color in his eyeballs are just absolutely um beautifully detailed He's oh, just totally, beautifully yeah. detailed. And, in it'll, it'll actually be interesting. Like, should should a season two, if it does happen, it'll be interesting whether um whether they'll they'll go through. You know how they're going to control like the eyes, like whether they'll be able to get all the puppeteers to do it all through um you know through the the nun you know through the nunchuck <laughs> the Wii controller. Um, because I know a lot of people did talk about with Brea that her that she seems uh, more expressive um, out of the three. And there's a lot going on with Bria, um, just based on like the facial movements that Alice was able to do a lot, you know, on, on, her, on her own, which is, I mean, it, uh, which is a pretty big feat as well. So um, it'll be interesting, you know, what if, if they do improve like those techniques more for, for the second season, you know, it should a season two happen. So I think that's going to be really interesting from there. Yeah. And really, I think, you know, from there, I mean, the big part i mean i i remember i did do a post on um the crystal shard the dark crystal fan group which of course you're one of the um the administrators and i you know sort of before recording 
the show about Rian, I, I was actually more curious about who are people's sort of favorite moments um, from the show. And so we might as well, you know, and, and there was a lot of votes um, towards towards this one that we're probably going to talk about. Um, Rian, which I titled Rian and Auden versus The Hunter. So there was a lot of people that sort of felt like that was like one of the, you know, one of the best moments uh, for Rian. Which, I mean, you know, that whole scene alone is just so... It's so good. I mean, there's a lot going on. You know, not only do you have father and son, you know, side by side, you know, together, you know, Auden's accepted Rian, you know, with the truth and... It's an emotional roller coaster. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. And um, and, and then you got that and then you got the hunter sort of hunting them down and, and them trying to set up a trap and just a whole fight scene, I think, um, was just so, so, so well made and so well produced. It was just... Uh, pretty incredible uh, what they were able to do with that fight. Mm-hmm. And the the sort of hero-villain um, relationship between Rian and the Hunter is one of, I think, the coolest things about Age of Resistance in general. It's just they did a really good job giving us that, like, this is the bad guy, or this is the nemesis that's particularly a foe for this person. And um the fact that he really just sees Rian as that's his prey that's his target he's single-minded in going after his prey and he never lets a prey loose like he doesn't lose he wins he hunts and he always gets his prize and that's that's what Rian is to him whereas um from Rian's perspective the hunter becomes his nemesis the minute he takes his father away from him like right in the moment that he reconciles with his father and in the moment where he finally has that understanding with his father that I think he's wanted his whole entire life this monster snatches him away and throws him in the gobbles and um side note that's also so far the best level of of age of resistance tactics is the gobbles level but that's an that's another episode um, but that's another reason why this scene is so like, oh, there's so much going on. But I got to say the hunter, I think, steals the show for that scene. The hunter is what makes it. And even if you look in the comments of that poll uh, that you took on the on the crystal shard, everyone's talking about how <laughs> the people who voted for this for this particular scene with the hunter versus Orden and Rian. Everybody's like, oh, but that choreography, though, and oh, that that animation of the hunter like flying through the trees and. It was just unreal. Like the hunter really steals it, and and I mean he really does. He's the hunter is is no joke. No, no, no. He he's someone <laughs> you don't want to mess with. Like you, you, I mean even the Skeksis are you know are afraid of the hunter. Like yeah, you know especially he's, <laughs> yeah he's intense. And and they really like those of us who had read the novels before watching Age of Resistance. There was a lot of buildup for the hunter because he really was this horrifying entity in the books he was he's literally legendary in the books the gelfling like don't even realize that he's a skexis they just know him as the hunter he's this horrifying shadowy figure that snatches them up in the night and they don't even know he's a skexis um but then so there was a lot of buildup there and then when we finally get to see him in the show I was freaking out because I was like, yes, this is one of my favorite characters from the books. And then like my fiance who hadn't read the books, he's sitting here next to me just thinking like, wow, what a cool character. Like he's yeah. awesome. <laughs> wow. I think that's, that's, he's my favorite part. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> so, like I, I think out of really the cool. new Skeksis, um, I definitely think, yeah, like Skekmol 
and um i think you know like later later on if we you know do more of these discussions i think um uh with skekra he was a surprise favorite for me and that was more because i remember when they announced um andy sandberg he's great in brooklyn on i but i was just very hesitant about just his voice as a skeksis but it it actually like it turned out a lot better than what i thought it would like it was so weird in that way but um yeah it was a weird announcement i agree I was like, how's that going to work? Like, I thought it was going to be really over the top. And I, I was imagining, like, a voice similar to um, to the Chamberlain, something that's very, like, expressive and high and woo and crazy. And in a way, it is, but it's not the same. It's a very different kind of crazy. And obviously, we had no way to know before we watched the show what kind of a character Scott Grau was going to be. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. we had no idea what, <laughs> what we were going to be shown. And, like what a good skexis like yeah. he's, I, I mean good with with quote fingers but yeah like he's he's not um villainous in the same way that the other ones are and so his inflections yeah they are very over the top and and andy samberg did a really good job and and i expected to um for him to be like clearly Andy Samberg like when you're listening to it you get taken away from when you like ugh I'm watching a Saturday Night Live skit right now yeah. <laughs> but that wasn't the case no 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 he no, they really pulled it off with everyone um with all the casting and the voice people involved as well yeah and then cycling it back to Rian Rian meeting Skekra I think is um I think one of the moments on the poll as well is where there's a lot of them on here that say Rian's reactions to this, Rian's reactions to this other thing. And my takeaway from that was that a lot of people recognize that Rian has really good reaction faces. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and like the way that Neil puppets him to like have these moments of genuine like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on here? Like watching the puppet show, reacting to Skekra, um, even uh, somebody mentioned on here the moment when Rekir, um gives Brea the bone necklace and Brea um, is like excited about it, like, ooh. And Rian's like weirded out by it and ugh. He's <laughs> sort of like, him, a, yeah. he's a teenage boy at the end of the day. Like, he's, yeah, he's a big hero, but he's also a teenage boy. And there are little moments in the way that he reacts to things that you remember, like, oh, yeah, he's, he's still, he's a dude in there. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely so uh we're gonna have to wrap up for um this episode of trial by stone um we'll definitely be talking a lot more about rian and future shows so i'm so looking forward to sort of talking about more of his character i know and and of course you know tuning the listeners here if you want to submit um if you have any thoughts about the character of rian you can definitely send an email to us at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com uh with subject line rian and i think for future shows you know we'll definitely um we love to read people's emails and but for this episode we'll definitely i'll definitely read one of the emails from um Alien who has wrote has previously written to us on the show so i'll just read her email so hello again trial by stone that's me elaine or skeksard the entertainer and first of all i want to thank you philip sydney ethan and tobias for the compliments on my work in the great conjunction episode it warmed my heart you don't know how much it means to me so today is one of those episodes where I want so bad to be here discussing with you all. Rian is a bit overlooked as a character sometimes, often seen as the least interesting of our protagonists, or just a pretty boy with beautiful hair and eyes. He sure does, but that's not my point. 
I've been a bit surprised by those statements because I've been really touched by his character watching the show, and I wasn't even fond of his design at first. As I'm writing this, I can't wait to hear your opinions on him and have an f- episode full of Rian. Being a lifelong animation fan and a hobbyist animator, I got a hard time adjusting again to puppetry in Age of Resistance, but after watching a lot of stage puppet shows, I did. And Neil Sternberg's performance on Rian was the one that struck me the most. At first, I felt more familiar with Dieter Brea because their facial expressions felt more like animation. Rian expresses himself by his body, and for me, it's the expression of puppetry in its purest form. Obviously, he has almost all the action-packed scenes with choreographies pushing forward the art of puppetry. Now, as a puppet nerd, I would give everything to see unedited cuts of these scenes with that full-body Rian performed by those three perfectly synced puppeteers. But that's not what impresses me the most in his performance. Neil talked in his interview about stillness without being still and all those tiny movements we humans do even if we don't notice it. It fascinates me how Rian's emotions can be portrayed by these simple movements like a tilt of a head, a breath, a gasp, a head lowering, awkward steps, a weight nervously shifting leg to leg. It was hard to convince me that he doesn't have feet. I can comfortably say that it's the best physicality I saw in a hand rod puppet. I watched some of his scenes multiple times as inspiration, mainly because I'm currently learning to perform human-like characters. I have rarely seen that sense of rhythm, breath, balance, and most of all, weight. Because when you think about it, Rian's character is all about weight. The weight of his father's reputation, the weight of truth, the weight of responsibility, and the weight of loss, grief, symbolized by the S's vial he keeps carrying. As Alistair said, he starts off as a spoiled kid. He was at the core of society, but unlike Breya, he didn't question anything. He took everything for granted, but he got the biggest slap on the face ever, and he grew up very quickly afterwards. Even if he still takes dumb decisions and is very, very flawed, I love how he has a very mature mindset after being listed as a fugitive. He is a victim of his people's fear and ignorance. And what is truly inspiring is how he forgives and kind of understands them. He is more sad than angry about it all. It seems like seeing his loved ones dying open his eyes about Gelfling's vulnerability and deep down his own. The truth can easily die with him. I had the pleasure to have a chat with Neil at the Great Conjunction and he said that he portrayed Rian as a character who has more growth in his heart than in his fighting strength. And it shows. He gains more empathy and humility. We can see his movements getting slower and heavier like all this weight is literally a culminating on his shoulders. And at the same time, these movements are gentler, more careful. I don't know if it's only Neil getting better at his portrayal or if it was made on purpose. But as he said, we can easily project things on puppets. On the Crystal Shard Pole, I chose the group Dreamfast scene in episode 4 because even if it happens a bit fast, it encapsulates the evolution the best. Rian convinced Kylan, Tavra, and Naya to dream fast with him, thanks to his sincerity and explaining calmly the truth. 
Dream fasting is for me the ultimate form of empathy, a communication without any words, only memories and feelings. Reliving Mira's death over and over again is seen as a torture for Rian by some viewers, but I saw it as a chance to heal. For the first time after dream fasting with Gurdjian, a weight is lifted from his heart and shared. He has his father with him and new allies. He is able to cry and they are all crying with him. Rian is still very young. He is deep down a frightened gelfling in a twisted world, running for his life. He lost practically everything and is searching for new foundations. He needs help. He needs others and he knows it. He found what he wanted in Brea and Deet. He rely on them but is overprotective and extremely worried if something happens to them because the weight of his losses is still there. He acts this way mainly with Deet. I know that it's pretty controversial but I love their relationship. Deet is not Mira and they are not officially a couple yet. For me, when they are together, they're in a bubble of solace. They can be themselves. Deet can put down her happy face and show her sorrow and homesickness. And Rian can put down his brave face and show his doubts and vulnerability. One lifts the other up and they give each other that precious hope powering the resistance. Now that he lost her too, all that weight is falling on him again. Will he go after her and not run away again? Or would it be the time to properly mourn his losses? Rian is the fire of resistance. The Diatea in the Song of Thra, correct me if I'm wrong, Ethan, but a fire can't be ignited alone and needs to be constantly fueled. He is not the quirkiest character, even if his sarcasm in the opera scene makes me chuckle. He is a tragic character. He is my favorite character. And if season two happens, I look forward to know how he will go on, and if the slow fall of his entire species will be another weight for him to carry. So thank you so much, Elian. Um, really appreciate that email. Um, I know there's a lot, like, especially with Rian, the character. And, I, you know, I definitely, you know, think about, like, that dream fast um, scene. I think that is, like, one of the great moments from Rian within the show. You know, I, I think looking back at, you know, even though the fight you know, between father and son versus the hunter, it is a, such a great moment and a lot goes into it. Um, but the scene beforehand, it, like having all the gelflings together and for Rian to really, you know, it was just pretty much the spark essentially um, that sort of set forth about, you know, all these, the gelflings believing, starting to believe, you know, or really believe in his story. Um, so again, yeah, I would just want to, yeah, thank you so much for writing for that email. That, that really means a lot to me. And she always has just the sweetest things to say in the group. And she sends us just the, the nicest emails. And in addition to that, she's also just like a really talented member of the fandom. Um, can't compliment her puppetry enough and her, her artwork. Um, and as far as, you know, you guys sending us emails as well, I think also you should send us fan art too. Like, we see so much awesome fan art on the Crystal Shard group, and we try to feature that as much. Like somebody, um, I think her name was Helen, she posted, uh, a, she's doing a really amazing painting um, of the original Dark Crystal film, and it got featured actually on the, the official Dark Crystal Facebook page. And so like this, this community is so artistic. And so in addition to sending us emails, I also think, keep on posting your artwork and your creations 
um, so that we can feature them as well. I just, this fandom is so supportive and um, thank you so much to everyone out there who contributed and who voted in our poll about Rian. And of course, thank you uh, to Elian. Um, hopefully we're pronouncing your name right. She says it rhymes with Rian. And that's, um, I thought that was a nice touch because we're talking about Rian. So before we wrap up for this episode of Trial by Stone, I just want to make a couple of announcements um, in regards to the podcast. Um, one of which, of course, um, is uh, with Ethan. Um, he will no longer be on future shows of Trial by Stone. Um, he's decided just to have a bit, you know, to leave the show. So I just wanted to wish um, Ethan all the very best and really appreciate your time being on the podcast. It just means so much. And um, yeah, I'll certainly miss you as well as, you know, uh, with Sydney as well, you know, we're all going to miss you. So we really appreciate your time. And with Jamie, he'll still be a part of um, the podcast. Um, he's just having a, a bit of a break um, at the moment. Um, I know he's uh, got a lot of other podcasts um, that he ha- that he has as well um, that he does. So um, he'll probably be back in, in future shows of Trial by Stone. So he's just having a bit of a break. So I just want to uh, wish Jamie all the best and just look forward to having him back on, um, you know, to talk more Dark Crystal. Because I think, you know, we're at a moment where, um, you know, we... You know, I, I love Dark Crystal and, you know, and, and we just want to keep talking about the show, um, you know, with the franchise, with Age of Resistance. Um, there's still a lot of episodes to look forward to and a lot of different shows to look into. So it's just, um, it's, it's it's been a lot of fun. And um, so I just want to mention about about that. So, yeah, thank you so much. Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal podcast, is a production of Three Point Edit. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook, follow on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. If you'd like to know more about the podcast, visit our website at www.darkcrystalpodcast.com. Thank you so much and stay tuned for the next episode of Trial by Stone.